This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Professional wrestling, like real life, is full of surprises. Hi, everyone. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. And it's no surprise I can talk wrestling all day, any day. Kind of like how State Farm agents can talk insurance and help you choose the right coverage. When it comes to important insurance decisions, let State Farm support you with the coverage you need backed with 24-7 support. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Tengo diabetes. Yo, asma. Estamos en riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocócica. 19 años o más con afecciones crónicas como asma, diabetes, EPOC o enfermedad cardíaca o tienes 65 años o más, estás en mayor riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocócica. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico sobre Prevnar 20, una vacuna de Pfizer que puede ayudar a proteger contra la neumonía neumocócica con una sola dosis. Aunque te hayas vacunado previamente con otras vacunas contra la neumonía, Prevnar 20 puede ayudar a proveer protección adicional. Prevnar 20 está aprobada para adultos para ayudar a prevenir infecciones de 20 cepas de la bacteria que causa la neumonía neumocócica. La aprobación continua puede depender de un estudio de apoyo. No uses Prevnar 20 si has tenido una reacción alérgica grave a la vacuna o a sus componentes. Los adultos con sistemas inmunitarios debilitados pueden tener una respuesta reducida a la vacuna. Los efectos secundarios incluyen dolor e hinchazón en el área de la inyección, fatiga, dolor de cabeza, dolor muscular y en las coyunturas. Para obtener la información para la prescripción completa, llama al 1-855-213-2138 o visita prevnar 20 en español.com. Living life as a gringo Where you question Where you fit And every time you mingle They say you do this With not enough that My rapping is really bad <laughs> This life as a gringo Yes, hello and welcome to another episode of Life as a Gringo. I am Dramos, of course. It is Thursday, so it means time for our Thursday Trends episode. And first Thursday Trends of 2023. I still have to get used to saying that. My guest today is the homie. She is a life coach as well as the host of the Toxica in Recovery podcast. Brenda Juarez, how you feeling? I'm feeling great. I'm feeling ready. <laughs> 2023 <laughs> got me on my my abundance mode, you know? <laughs> okay, that's what I like to hear. We'll, we'll get into all that. I, I, I love hearing that. I want to I definitely want to hear some of your ideas for 2023 or goals or, or things that you're striving for. So we'll, we'll definitely tackle a, a bit about that because I think that that's good to kind of, you know, put people on to goal setting as well as even just, you know, uh, Man, remind them if they haven't yet, it's good to have some sort of vision for what you want your year to to look like. So we'll do all that. But first, man, I want to I want to do some some trending stories, as we always do. Um, our guy, Bad Bunny, who is always on the show for, for doing something positive, uh, has has found his way into the uh, the nonsense part of the show. Uh, so we'll get into that for our for the people in the back segment. We'll also talk about um republicans and you know them taking forever to elect a house speaker in kevin mccarthy we'll talk about biden and him continuing uh or now getting behind i should say a a trump uh migration policy 
uh, that that uh, was made to keep immigrants from coming to this country, essentially keep people from immigrating into this country. So we'll talk about that. And then Coachella, on a positive note, um, we have some really incredible diversity going on when it comes to the headlining acts at this year's Coachella. The announcement just came, uh, and I think this week. So we'll talk about that in our Mi Gente segment. But first, let's talk about this nonsense in a segment we call for the people in the back. Say it louder for the people in the back. All right, so we're going to start on a lighter note because the politics stuff gets a little bit heavy, but we'll talk about Bad Bunny right now. So have you seen the video, first and foremost, of him tossing this person's phone? I didn't. I was trying to find it, and <laughs> I couldn't find it. So I don't know yeah. what it looks like. <laughs> so, uh, so I mean, just to paint a picture for anybody at home who hasn't seen it, he was in the Dominican Republic over the holidays, over New Year's. Um, a, a fan, I believe it was a, a woman, came up to him and was sticking basically a phone in his face while he was walking and like trying to film him and her kind of like a selfie mode type of thing. And he just straight up grabs her phone and like tosses it in a nearby body of water that is next to him and keeps on walking. Uh, so, so obviously there's a lot of controversy around that. He had to respond to it and he says, quote, the person who comes up to me to greet me tell me something or just meet me will always receive my attention and respect those who come to put a damn phone in my face i will consider it for what it is a lack of respect and treat it as such so he's been sticking to his guns he also posted some sort of like cryptic uh, i don't know if it was a tweet or, or some sort of message um talking about like they're gonna miss me when i'm gone type of thing uh, so it, it it seems like he's not loving the backlash. When I was in Puerto Rico, this was all people could talk about on the radio going back and forth. So I'm um, I'm curious for you, what do you think about this, uh, you know, Bad Bunny uh, throwing a fan's phone in the river? I mean, honestly, I think they deserved it because mm. anyone else, anyone like, okay, I'm from the hood, right? I grew up in Watts. Like if mm. you did that shit in the hood, you'd be lucky if just your phone got thrown right <laughs> so it's like just because they're celebrities doesn't mean that they don't have the right to like what happened to six feet i mean right we were just right. having like don't get close to people like yeah. i think they were they were overstepping like their boundaries and not like respecting his personal and like he said because i read what he said and yeah and he said like had someone just been like hey can i get a picture or hey can i that's all he wants and right or that's all it seems like he wants i don't i don't know him personally right but I feel like it was kind of deserved. Like you don't, you don't just go do that. I, they're still humans. They're still people. Just because they're celebrities doesn't mean that they don't deserve to have like some space and privacy from people. You know? Right. No, I, I definitely agree with that. I mean, on one hand, I do have empathy. I mean, phones are expensive these days, right? And and is is not easy to come by. So for that, I I do feel feel for her. But I do agree with with you. You know, I do. I think that. He should have gone as far as to throw the damn phone in the water. Probably not. But I do agree that we seem to forget that there are human beings here. Right. And, you know, I'm I'm nowhere near on the, the level of somebody like a bad bunny. But I've had one or two instances where people have thrown a phone in my face. And it's like they're basically saying to, you know, perform, you know, what I'm saying like dance monkey, essentially. Right. And it's a really uncomfortable kind of kind of situation where you know people are kind of forgetting the human in you and, and you just want to have 
some sort of self, you know, respect and somebody showing you a level of respect, you know, and and at the end of the day, what is this girl doing? Right. She's posting this this, you know, uh, picture or a video, whatever it's going to be to get some sort of like clout off of being, you know, somebody who met Bad Bunny. Right. So she's using him as somebody to, you know, get a pat on the back from anybody that follows her on social media or, or whatever. Right. So it, it it is kind of not. I don't know. It's not a great situation in general where it's like somebody just being a fan genuinely just wanted to talk to you about something. Um, it, it is a bit of kind of like clout chasing. And and like he said, you know, I think you, if you just come to somebody with respect, you just have the, the, the decency to talk to somebody like a normal human being. You know, um, I, I don't know. I've never been a super fan fan like type person where I lose my mind if I see somebody famous. But I, I just think we forget that there's a human on the other side of, of you know, the, the phone and, and the people that we, we follow. Yeah, absolutely. And and yeah, I, I guess I should I am an, a very like empathetic person, but <laughs> I just feel like when when you do that to somebody, when you've got that close to somebody, like the fact that you were close enough for him to grab the phone and right. launch it, yeah. It's kind of like I don't know. But I mean yeah. hopefully she learned her lesson and now she won't be doing that again. <laughs> I mean, I would think she learned her lesson after 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 this, and I'm sure this has happened so many damn time to, times to him that he's like over it at this point, and like she ended up being that last straw. Uh, but oh. you know, I, again, I think you know we have to kind of have a bit more self respect for one another and understand that we are all human beings, regardless of what we do for a living. And you have to approach people the way that you would want to be treated. You know, it's the same thing. I never get people who like interrupt a celebrity while they're eating dinner or with their family or something like that. It, it's just like. You know, there's a time and place for everything. And I think you, you got to just respect boundaries, man. I think that's the that's the the gist of it. Yeah. And I think I've heard people just try and say like, oh, well, they know what they signed up for. Mm. like, And it's just like, no, because I feel like a lot of people, too, especially in the art industry, like, yeah, they don't always know if they're going to make it right. Like, they right. don't know if it's going to kick off or not or if it's going to be a one time hit. So, I mean, just like, yeah, people, I think it's sticking to what you said of just like they are human. Like yeah. it's it's still a human soul in there. They still go through all the things. They still eat. They still do all the stuff that you do. So like, yeah, give them their space. Yeah. And I think that's a great point because a lot of people will say, oh, well, like the fans are what made him. The fans are what put him in this position. And there is some truth to that. But at the end of the day, if he wasn't incredibly talented, if he didn't have a vision for his career, um, then then it doesn't matter. You know, there would be no fans essentially. Right. So you can't sit here and say, that, you know, uh, we the fans made him, therefore he's like a slave to us for, for you know, forever type of thing. Like, no, he had to work at his craft. He had to become great at it. He's put in a lot of time and effort to accumulate those fans. Now, do I agree that I think in the arts, you you do bear a bit more of of kind of the the weight of, of, of the people that support you because it is so difficult, you know, to make something happen. And 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 truly, those those fans are are the ones that are helping you, you know, turn your passion into a career. I completely get that. And you know, um, I, as somebody who's forever grateful of anybody who listens to this podcast for the fact that they, they've allowed me to do this as a job, I'm forever grateful. But there also is a a boundary, right? You know, I don't, I owe a lot to the people that support me, but at the same time, you don't own me either, right? Like I don't owe my life to you. You know, um, I I had to also do something to get here. So I don't I don't believe in that argument totally. Absolutely. So I, I think, all right, we've, we've gotten some of the silly stuff out of the way here. Uh, let, let's talk about politics, the world of politics. We're, we're going to talk about what happened with um, the House, right? So Republicans have, have taken the House after this midterm election. They were trying to elect a, a, uh, a House speaker. 
It took them 15 votes to elect Kevin McCarthy to uh, to the official position of, of House Speaker. And basically, you had a, a fraction of the Republican Party that was holding out and, and basically using the, the thin margin that Republicans have as a means to try and get Kevin McCarthy to uh, bend to whatever requests that they had. Right. And this is unprecedented 15 votes to, you know, in multiple days. Uh, just absolutely ridiculous. A reminder also that we, the taxpayers, are paying for all of these things. So they are wasting our our tax dollars. And regardless of of where you fall on the aisle, how much you pay attention to politics, your involvement in all of this, I think for me, and I feel like I say this a lot at this point, but it's just jarring to see people having no shame in publicly displaying the fact that they are there just to serve themselves, right? Like, like them holding out on these votes and and trying to get, you know, prime positions on certain committees is not for the American people. It is not for the people who pay their salaries. You know, again, we the taxpayers, it is simply just for them to have more power. And they're willing to make a mockery of our democracy. They are willing to waste precious time. Uh, and, and I don't know if it's, you know, I don't know, th- this hyper connected era that we live in, we kind of see everything. But to me, it's kind of scary that they don't even feel the need to kind of hide this stuff and, and, and have no shame whatsoever from the American people just viewing them wasting our time and, and tax dollars. Yeah. And so very transparently, I'm not big on like looking at what's going on politically in the world. Right. Like sure. I get a lot of my politics from you, actually. You know, <laughs> I've been listening to you from the get. And like yeah. if I hear something and I'm like, I don't get it, then I'll like look it up and then I'll talk to my husband about it. And yeah. then, you know, like that's how I'll make my decision. So um yeah, I don't really know much about Kevin McCarthy and all of this, but what I what to what you said right now, it does sound like it sounds almost like and some people who have been in a toxic as fuck relationship like that will understand <laughs> of like when yeah. the person gets caught cheating and mm. then they're like then they're just like, okay, well, I'm not going to hide it anymore. That's kind of what it sounds like with you. Like, okay, we got caught that we're this. Well, now we're just not going to, We there's no need to hide it because now you've proven that you're still going to stay here. You're still mm-hmm. going to follow me. You're still going to, you know, do whatever. So what's the need of hiding it for now? Right. Y- yeah. So um, that's what I'm getting out of that. And yeah, it's, it does push me still to, to do my homework more because I feel like a lot of people might be, there's a lot of people like you who will look into it and have maybe their perspective or whatnot. And then there's people that me that it's almost even scary. Like it's scary to look mm. it up because then you can go down the rabbit hole of like, Oh, then this, then this, then right. a conspiracy theory. And <laughs> I think that's what has held me back a lot. And that's why like I get my information from you and then I'll go do my own little stuff. And then that's about it. Like I watch zero news. <laughs> I follow zero political people or like, you know, um, but it just sounds like we need to start putting pressure and asking for what we deserve. And and I'm always really big about the intention. So I think it's like. Are there intentions just strictly for them? Mm-hmm. Like, do they have no intention to help the people as a whole and not just the people that they can help that are going to get some benefit from being their like, you know, follower or like their Republican or whatever party. Mm -hmm. So I think that's, that's just where I land of like, if you guys are doing this and being that like open about like, I'm just going to take my time and I'm just Mm going to, you know, waste this money or this funding. and, And even like your time, it's like, 
how can we it takes me back to reflecting like okay now how can we as as the country like start putting the pressure to make sure those people start filtering out and filtering in the right people and and i've asked my husband that and i've asked before that and my husband was just like it's because the people that that want to make a difference usually don't want to become a politician Mm. because of the stuff and so then i'm like well fuck well how does it happen (laughs) how do we get the change yeah what needs to happen so i'm still lost and confused in that um yeah so i don't know if you have like a, a answer to that like how do we make the change if the people who want to make the change don't want to be in those positions because they don't want to be surrounded by a circle of people like that right yeah i i mean i i, I think it, that's a it's a fair question because it's true it, the the amount of shit that comes along with you being a politician especially in today's political climate where you know if you disagree with you know uh a person's point of view you're getting death threats you're getting you know people leaking your information you know people like AOC have openly talked about the amount of death threats that they get the the security precautions that they have to go through just because they are a prominent figure of the democratic party you know so it is it is a scary kind of thing to think to yourself oh i want to thrust myself into that world and on the on the flip side of it as well the the scary part i think about our our modern day political system and and to be fair we have extremists on both sides but particularly with the republican party and the faction that is obsessed with donald trump you know he has developed this sort of cult like power over the people that follow him right so it doesn't matter what's done publicly, what evidence is presented, they'll keep finding ways to refute it. And to your point, it is like a toxic relationship, right? Because that is essentially what many cult leaders have done in the, historically in the past, right? They brainwash people into believing in their own superiority and, and into thinking that they can never be wrong and people just blindly follow. And that is sort of what is happening. And then on the B side of that, modern day politics, because it kind of is pop culture, a lot of these people are using it as a means to become famous, right? As a means to feel powerful. The the Marjorie Taylor Greens of the world, you know, who is like some crazy conspiracy theorist, you know, and there's this other guy, uh, George Santos in New York, who has been uh, ousted as a complete fraud, like lied where he went to college, lied uh, about the jobs that he had, lied about himself being a successful entrepreneur. And, and he, you know, has no shame walking into Congress and people are, are calling for him to resign. Republicans in New York City or in New York as a as a whole are calling for him to resign. He's saying he's not going to right? like for these people it is literally this is their pathway to like some sort of fame and power. Right. And it's no different than people on social media who will um, put all kinds of bullshit out there because they know it's going to get clicks and views. Somebody like an Andrew Tate and all of the people that flock to his content about like this toxic and hyper masculine bullshit. Right. And half of them don't believe in what they're actually saying, but they know that if they repeat the proper talking points, they're going to get others following them. And and it's just this weird world that we we live in. And I think power has obviously always been something people will strive to get. I don't there's obviously always been corrupt politicians and, and things like that. I think for me, what is scary is the fact that now it's all pretty much transparent and on display because we have so much access to everything. Yet it, it seems like people are becoming more and more extreme to their affiliation than ever. Um, and, and I guess to, to answer your question about what can we do or, or, or things of that nature, it's like, yeah, I guess, you know, it, it, it can be a bit deflating because at the end of the day, the person with the best heart, the person with the, uh, best plan of action doesn't always win, right? Because there is that other factor 
of of people who are not necessarily heavily uh, vested in in politics and are are more so looking for somebody that they like. What is the likability factor? And that's always been a thing, you know. Um, you know, so it it makes it extremely difficult to want to get the right people in. And and I think we all just I don't know. We all kind of have to do our our part to a degree. And 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 I think it's not healthy to be obsessively involved in politics. You know what I mean? Like not because that that's just toxic as fuck. It's it's really depressing when you watch the news. Every day, I've even had to limit my own intake because it just feels like the world is falling down every time you watch it. But but it is important to stay informed because I think it is a, a really scary time period. And, you know, I think when you do get people that are really there to serve, you know, the community and want to make a change, it's important for us to just get behind them and, and, and support that. And yeah, I don't know. I, I wish I had a, a better answer. I mean, the reality is I've thought about this a lot where I'm having issues with my town right now because we have a my town where I have my uh, my my studio space, um, you know, we it's a very small town and, and the the town people who have lived here forever are in the ear of the mayor and the mayor is making uh, decisions based upon what they want. Right. And for me, it's like this is bullshit. The there's so much that could be done. And then a part of me is like, you should run for office. And the other part of me is like, why the fuck would I want to get involved in that? You know, I, I can quick antidote. I can remember my father was involved in public office when I was young in New York City and he held a very small position. Uh, on the school board. But even with that, we had people uh, following us when we were going home from places. We had people who broke into our car to try to steal information. We, we had all kinds of threats that were posed against us, people trying to pay him off. And and even him with the best intentions, he got out of politics for that very reason. It was a scary fucking thing that these people would have this sort of uh, pressure to be putting on your family when you're just trying to do the right thing. And yeah, it, it is sad that people who do want to make change, who do have a good heart are, are you know, uh, having to make the best decision for them and their family and not get involved because of how dirty of a game it is. Yeah, damn. I think what I got out of that, of you answering that, so thank you, it is very mm -hmm. much like when you find those people that seem to really have the best intention and feel like they can do it, it is back up and support them. Right. And so, and even right now that you said that too about your dad, like I was just like, so to some degree, I was, I guess, involved in politics. I just didn't know it was. So I yeah. live in a very small town too. Mm -hmm. And after 2020, when I resigned from my career to like start life coaching and everything else, mm -hmm. I just started, I was like, I want to know how to help this community. I joined everything. And up until like a few months ago when I was like, okay, I'm going to double down on, on my stuff that I have going on. So therefore, if I'm not giving my full attention and and focus on the boards, I need to resign because then I'm not doing them a favor. I'm doing mm. them a disservice. Yeah. But I was president of the local school district. You know, I was vice president of the local chamber. Um, mm. I was in the water district. Like I was on all the boards. And yeah, it's like you realize that even from within, there's only so much you can do because when you're mm. on a board, when most people are taking a vote, you know, eventually... You could be the one that votes the other way and it's still going to go. Yeah. You know, yeah. opposite. And so what I got out of all of that I had learned from being on the boards was like, now I know where we're struggling, where we need help. And now I know that I couldn't make a difference from within. Mm -hmm. So that's why I also decide, let me step back. Let me work on me. Let me make sure my home, my economy is good mm -hmm. and that I'm efficient at that so that when I'm in a place where I can financially give back to or make the connections to the people that can help us get the ball rolling in the right direction right that i'm able to do so so i mean i think that's that's kind of what i'm getting out of this like okay if these people are just fucking with our time and money then educate yourself on that and you can do that very in a micro level in your own community mm -hmm. and um support the people that seem to really 
be behind it in a good way because like you said to at some point they might have a different view or perspective and that doesn't mean that they deserve to get like shit on and and canceled and you yeah. know threat and i think that's super scary like to get broken into or to get yeah. the death threats like it almost seems like to be uh to be a politician you need to have someone that's like single and like doesn't want kids right. and doesn't want a family because then and i've said that to like my husband i'm like why do like why do like gang members or like people that are really top in like you know in like military <laughs> like why do you have a family at that point because yeah, then they yeah. come after your family right to get you and that's scary and that sucks so yeah. i mean i definitely though i am very much keeping the the like positive outlook the optimistic outlook that within our generation and the next ones like with my kids i think that mm-hmm. hopefully we'll start seeing that change and we just have to really start in our own home economy and teaching our kids so as much as i'm not like a huge fan of being super into politics i want to make right. sure that i give my kids the tools so that when they're older they can start really and i do think that that generation what is it uh z or what, what is the last one yeah gen z i uh, think is what they yeah they're they're open they're talking mm-hmm. a lot they're not fucking letting themselves just get ran over they're not scared right. anymore or as much as even millennials or previous generations so i think it's now just providing them like this having the open conversation where even right. if they have a question they won't feel stupid or if they have a little bit of a different perspective they're not going to mm-hmm. feel like threatened by asking the question or making the opinion so that they when they grow up they can be like I don't like that politician. Let's make right. some shit happen, you know? So Yeah. yeah. No, absolutely. It, it's organizing, you know, and, and I think that that's probably the best thing. I mean, if, if you know, people stop voting for these cultists, essentially, they're going to break from the, the MAGA cult because it's not, you know, working for them anymore. It's not profitable in the form of gaining power, right? So that that's really what has to happen. And I, I think this infighting that you're seeing in the Republican Party is a reflection of like them being a bit disappointed that not as many people came out to vote for them in the midterms. And they are kind of having, I don't want to say to come to Jesus moment, I don't want to give them too much credit, but there is at least some people being like, wait, what the fuck is going on right now in our in our own party? Um, and, and the last thing I'll say, I, and I don't want to end on a, on a sad note, but like, you know, at the end of the day, the greatest martyrs, sadly, like people like Dr. Martin Luther King or or Malcolm X, you know, uh, th- those people end up being taken out by by the powers that be, right? The, the ones who decide to to speak out and and fight against the status quo, sadly, um, you know, don't always end up being able to see a a, a full and, and fulfilled uh life as they should, and that 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 should, that would deviate most people from from wanting to do that, you know. So I think it takes a very special person who, who's kind of willing to put that in line, and and I think we all have a part to play. We all don't have to be, uh, you know, Dr. King or Malcolm X, but. Yeah, I don't know. It, it, it's a tough it's a tough thing to want to answer, like, what is the, the right thing or what should we all be doing? But I think, you know, playing our roles, whatever that might be, whatever it's defined for us that makes sense and, and organizing behind that, I think, makes the most sense. Now is a good time to take a, a quick little pause, a break, and then we'll be right back. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret, like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I love sharing positive tips with my listeners on everything from health challenges to relationship troubles. Because life happens, baby, but you got this. 
Hi there, I'm Honey German, and I know we can all use some positive energy these days. That's why I make sure to empower my community, because a bit of motivation and support can go a long way. And luckily, we have State Farm to support us. Like when you talk to a State Farm agent to choose the coverage you need, and they have the options to protect the things you value most. It's the perfect positive tip you need. State Farm is also a big supporter of the My Cultura podcast network, where we as podcast hosts get to share our experiences and stories. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Listen to new episodes of your favorite My Cultura shows wherever you listen to podcasts. Tengo diabetes. Yo, asma. Estamos en riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocócica. 19 años o más con afecciones crónicas como asma, diabetes, EPOC o enfermedad cardíaca o tienes 65 años o más, estás en mayor riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocócica. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico sobre Prevnar 20, una vacuna de Pfizer que puede ayudar a proteger contra la neumonía neumocócica con una sola dosis. Aunque te hayas vacunado previamente con otras vacunas contra la neumonía, Prevnar 20 puede ayudar a proveer protección adicional. Prevnar 20 está aprobada para adultos para ayudar a prevenir infecciones de 20 cepas de la bacteria que causa la neumonía neumocócica. La aprobación continua puede depender de un estudio de apoyo. No uses Prevnar 20 si has tenido una reacción alérgica grave a la vacuna o a sus componentes. Los adultos con sistemas inmunitarios debilitados pueden tener una respuesta reducida a la vacuna. Los efectos secundarios incluyen dolor e hinchazón en el área de la inyección, fatiga, dolor de cabeza, dolor muscular y en las coyunturas. Para obtener la información para la prescripción completa, llama al 1-855-213-2138 o visita Prevnar20 en español.com. All right, we are back. Now, the the last thing I want to talk about here is is President Biden uh, planning to expand Title 42 and crack down on ma migration. Now, uh, Biden is, is expanding upon a Trump era um, uh, law that was enacted called Title 42, which they basically enacted during COVID, um, citing, you know, health reasons why we should be keeping uh, people from immigrating into the country. Um, it has continued long past that, past the, you know, the reason that they gave. And even with that, the Supreme Court blocked the original attempt at uh, undoing it. And that was Biden trying to undo it. Now his administration is embracing it and plans to use it as a means to expand legal migration as they, as, as well. That's what they're telling us. Right. So in his first speech focused exclusively on migration policy, Biden introduced the Title 42 expansion explaining his administration's intentions to crack down on migrations from Cuba, Haiti, Nicaragua, and Venezuela. Uh, however, Biden noted that they do plan on using these stringent new policies as a means to make more room for legal migration in the near future. Again, that is what they're saying. They're also saying that if he's to do this, Mexico would agree to accept migrants from those four countries. Uh, and, and they're hoping that this further discourages migrants from Cuba and Nicaragua to enter the U.S. illegally. The administration is also utilizing pathways to allow a consistent flow of legal migration. Additionally, they plan to use parole authority to regulate migration, a policy used to accept refugees from Afghanistan and the Ukraine. Now, I just threw a lot out there. The the gist of, of it being they're now embracing this Trump policy and saying that they're going to then use it as a means to legally help people come into this country. Um, historically, though, we haven't really seen that from either side, the embrace of, of immigrants, unless it's from, uh, you know, a place like Ukraine, which obviously is going through dire circumstances, but feels like people like that are, are, are treated a lot differently than uh, people from, from Latin America. Uh, I, I mean, I know if I'm not mistaken, your family's uh, from Mexican background, correct? Right. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I'm sure 
this whole thing, you know, even if you're not heavily involved in what's going on on the political side, I'm sure it does hit close to home for for you. It does. And and again, like this is uh, even with family that has recently became citizens um, in, in my family. Yeah. This conversation was had of just like, OK, what's bad about people coming? Like, I don't understand right. that because I had a family member who said, like, I'm not against it. But mm-hmm. what about the people that are here now? Mm-hmm. Like, what are the people that have already came in here and they don't have access to things they need help and support? Like, what about getting them like their citizenship first instead mm-hmm. of bringing more people in when we haven't even taken care of the ones that are here yet? Right. And that shit had me like stuck for a second because at first i was like how could you how could you not like i was already instantly like jump reacting to being like oh so you think like like you are coming from immigrant background too so how could you not support it and they're like no 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 it's not that i don't support it it's that like how can we help what's already here because Mm. some of our own family it has taken them over a decade to get their citizenship right they are not allowed to go back to see their sick family members or funerals Mm -hmm. or whatever it is right Mm-hmm. So from that sense, I'm like, okay, to what you're saying, that yes, you're going to slow some stuff down, but then you're going to make the process the right way. Okay, mm-hmm. but but back to accountability of like, how do I hold you to it, though? Sure, sure. Can you give me like milestones and markers of how you're going to start meeting that? Like, when am right. I, when are we going to start seeing this happen? Mm-hmm. So that it's not like you just fucking talking up and he- giving people what they want to hear again, because I mm-hmm. think that's what happened, right? Like, yeah. you you say shit and then you don't follow through. Um, right. So I think that that's where I'm at with that. Like, I I understand. And and then it kind of trips me out, too, because being like a, I was born here, but my dad was still from born in Mexico. And, and yeah, I have a lot of family from Mexico. Yeah. Mexicans are not the nicest and that's something that I have an omission to do of just like Latinidad like we need to come together mm-hmm. they're not really fucking nice to Salvadorians or Hondureños mm-hmm. or Nicaragüenses or you know like yeah. so even them saying like okay well Mexico will have to agree to take on these other four countries like right. shit even right now people in Mexico are scared to be in Mexico. That's where they come in here. You have like the narco stuff going on and people yeah. are not allowed to go outside. And so mm-hmm. it's just like, if you're saying this, I think my big takeaway from this is how do I keep you accountable to actually follow through? How yeah. do I know this is not fucking sweet promises in my fucking ear? Like, yeah. Tell me how I hold you accountable. And I think that's how this can feel better with me or sit better with me. Like, mm-hmm. how do we know we're going towards what you said and not that you're saying this and then like next year it's gone, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, what 100%. There needs to be some sort of like tangible thing. Not, oh, we're trying to make it easier, but how about we're guaranteeing we're going to cut down the amount of time it takes to uh, become, you know, a legal citizen, right? Because, it, you know, as, as a Puerto Rican, I'm completely ignorant to this. You know what I mean? Especially being from from up north, you know, where this isn't like something, you know, uh, that is constantly on our radar. I never realized how long it takes for somebody to get fucking citizenship in this country. And that 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 is crazy to me. You know, you're talking about up to a decade or, or longer for some people, whatever it is, you know, and a lot of these people end up are like paying taxes while <laughs> while still waiting to get their citizenship, you know, and and that just seems so ass backwards, you know, and I think it speaks to the the racism and that they you know that they don't actually want people to be here you know regardless of of what people talk about and i understand both talking points and 
And, you know, to I know you're talking about your family member who, who was talking about certain stipulations or how we have a lot of issues already here with people who are already here. Um, yeah, we do. The homelessness is an issue in this in this country. Right. Uh, war veterans coming back and having nothing, you know, um, to, to show for their time and not being properly taken care of. All of those things are are an issue. But I believe we can be doing both. Right. We can be figuring out both solutions. You know, um, if, if we're sitting here making it easier for, uh, you know, tax breaks for the rich and that money could be going towards helping any one of these problems, that's where the focus should be. That's where the anger should be. But instead, we place it on these migrants who are trying to escape dire circumstances and forget that this country is a nation of immigrants. You know, unless you are of uh, native descent, all of us have come here. All of us are our families, our, our ancestral, you know, uh, lineage is all of immigrants. You know what I mean? Doesn't matter if you are, are white, black, brown, whatever it is, like for the most part, unless you, you have, like I said, a, a native uh, background, like we've all immigrated and somebody from our family has. And that's the, the premise of the United States of America. Um, but it just is racism that we don't want certain people in here. So we're going to make it more difficult. And and I think I agree there is, you know, uh, racism within our own, our own community. Obviously, I can't speak to the, the Mexican community, but I think there is like this pecking order that tends to happen uh, between, you know, the, the Latin community as a whole, you know, um, where th there's like even, you know, uh, I think it was Andrew Schultz has this joke about Cubans where, you know, they're they're talking about like, yeah, we came over here, but sorry, you guys can't come, you know, and obviously he delivers it a lot better. But it is this idea of like, you know, once you got over here, you want to then like close up everything, you know, so nobody else can. It doesn't make any sense, you know, a a as far as why you're able to come here, but now nobody else can. You know, it's like just buying into this idea and this lie that, oh, there's not enough room. There's not enough resources. We, we make that choice as a country by by how we decide to put money into things or how we decide to tax certain people but not others you know we're making that choice by not having actual resources they never have a problem buying new military weapons or anything like that but somehow when it comes to solving an issue with homelessness or solving uh an issue with dirty water in a in a poor community all of a sudden that you know it's something that we can't seem to to solve and and yeah i mean i i agree getting back to your point to pull it full circle this has all been a lot of talk it always is a lot of talk you know from both sides on this topic and there needs to be specific things that they're going to outline, specific milestones uh, that they're going to implement to to, you know, uh, give us the, the calm that we want to know they're actually doing this right. Like there needs to be a deadline of like, OK, we're going to fast track citizenship. Everybody who want, you know goes to the proper channels will get it in X amount of time. Not this whole dragged out process, you know, that makes people uh, feel helpless when it comes to trying to do that. You know, and, and, and I think that's where where it starts to, to your point is there has to be some sort of accountability um, and not just, you know, kind of telling us what we want to hear to our face, but behind closed doors uh, doing the same shit and, and not giving people the humanity that they deserve. Yeah, absolutely. Especially because even to thinking about it, like so many people are getting scammed, like trying to find mm -hmm. a lawyer to help them get their papers. Like right. I had this conversation even with my husband, too. I was like, did you guys did like did your parents get scammed? And he was like, yeah, there was. And that's fucked up because yeah. people are putting like deposits down and all kinds of stuff. They're risking it to do these things. And then I think like my little last note too for anyone who might be more on the side of just like we there is no space. It's like these people are not leaving their country out of like just shits and giggles. Like I want to mm -hmm. live in America. Like no, right. most of the time, like who just willingly leaves their country, not their town, not their right. house. Right. Like you leave your whole country, your whole like. 
identity, your language, your food, you leave it all fucking behind. Mm -hmm. Fuck, it makes me even like teary. Like, and sometimes with fucking kids, like you come here with nothing just to try and make something better because it's that fucked up. Like your, your fear of your life and your children's life is that fucked up in some other place that Mm -hmm. you're like America, at least because yeah, even like when shit got really expensive here, I was telling my husband, should we just go back to Mexico? Like my grandpa has a big ranch. Like we could totally live that life, you know, but it's just like, it's scary because over there, like, if somebody like if some narco or somebody thinks like you have money or they mm-hmm. just decide to fucking up and take you like one of the first right. times I went back to Mexico as an adult, we were going to go out to like a fair and my uncles were like, um, what are you going to wear? And I was like, oh, I was going to wear this dress. And they're like, you need to be more like in jeans like covered because if one of those dudes sees you and even with you're with your husband, if he decides like I want her, he's yeah. going to take you. He'll kill him. And that'll be that. Mm. Who wants to fucking live in a place like that? Yeah. You know, yeah. like, yes, fucked up stuff happens in the U.S., but most of the time, you know, you have some kind of like help, some kind of support, some kind of like security feeling. So, yeah, I think just keep in mind that these people aren't coming here to fuck up your life or to right. take your pay or to whatever the fuck. Like, no, they're coming here because out of like desperation, like mm-hmm. I, I need this security. Like, I want to see my kids fucking make it you know, to teenagers, like mm-hmm. it's not, yeah. it's not anything of your like, you know, issues yeah. that you're having. Like <laughs> that's your guilt. <laughs> Don't right. push it on them. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. And, and the last thing I'll say is because the, the irony is that a lot of conservatives are against immigration, all of these things. And the politicians will play this game, how, you know, whatever them Biden is opening the border. And that's an issue. That's a big like talking point right now, even though it's a, a fabrication. The irony is, these people don't actually want a fast track to immigration like we're talking about. They want it to stay this way because who do you think profits the most off of cheap labor of these immigrants that come into this country? It's these gigantic corporations who are, are hiring people. You know, it is these business owners that are, are hiring uh, immigrants who are, are coming here who have nothing and they know they can take advantage of them when it comes to the pay and the wage. And if they were to make everybody a, a citizen and, and, and fast track it or even just end immigration as a whole, all of those businesses would be losing out on the cheap labor that they're taking advantage of. So, you know, for, for anybody who is on the right, like this is all just a rouge. Don't think that these these giant corporations who donate to many of these conservatives actually want, you know, uh, the borders to be completely sealed up or, or whatever it is, because, again, they would lose all of that cheap labor and their profit margins would shrink as a result. So, it's just a lot of lies, a lot of a lot of, you know, people telling us what we want to hear, regardless of where you fall on the aisle. And it's sad because, like you said, these people are coming from really dire circumstances and are not leaving uh, just uh, on a whim because they feel like it, they, they are leaving because they have no other choice. And they wouldn't never want to leave their their life as they knew it behind, uh, you know, if, if they really did. And obviously, that's really a heavy topic. I get incredibly frustrated about mm-hmm. it in general. So uh, we got that out of the way. We're going to talk about some positive stuff here for Army Hent this segment. But first, let's take a quick break and then we'll be right back. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard to snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. 
I often get asked why I'm such a big fan of wrestling, and it's all thanks to my grandma. Growing up, we would watch matches together, and that bond turned me into a lifelong fan. Hi, I'm Freddie Prince Jr., and on my podcast, Wrestling with Freddie, we know how important it is to have the right teammate, because things can get pretty tricky quick. So, when things get complicated and you need help, State Farm gives you options. They show you what's possible for ensuring what matters to you. One of the things that matters to me? Sharing memories and revisiting wrestling's greatest moments. And with State Farm's support of the Michael Tura Podcast Network, I get to do just that. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Listen to new episodes of your favorite Michael Tura shows wherever you listen to podcasts. Tengo diabetes. Yo, asma. Estamos en riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocócica. 19 años o más con afecciones crónicas como asma, diabetes, EPOC o enfermedad cardíaca o tienes 65 años o más, estás en mayor riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocócica. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico sobre Prevnar 20, una vacuna de Pfizer que puede ayudar a proteger contra la neumonía neumocócica con una sola dosis. Aunque te hayas vacunado previamente con otras vacunas contra la neumonía, Prevnar 20 puede ayudar a proveer protección adicional. Prevnar 20 está aprobada para adultos para ayudar a prevenir infecciones de 20 cepas de la bacteria que causa la neumonía neumocócica. La aprobación continua puede depender de un estudio de apoyo. No uses Prevnar 20 si has tenido una reacción alérgica grave a la vacuna o a sus componentes. Los adultos con sistemas inmunitarios debilitados pueden tener una respuesta reducida a la vacuna. Los efectos secundarios incluyen dolor e hinchazón en el área de la inyección, fatiga, dolor de cabeza, dolor muscular y en las coyunturas. Para obtener la información para la prescripción completa, llama al 1-855-213-2138 o visita Prevnar20 en español.com. All right, so for our Mijente segment today, uh, I think this is the first time where I've had somebody end up on both the good and bad aspect of the show. But we, we had Coachella announce its lineup for this year, and it made history uh, by having Bad Bunny as the first uh, Latin headliner ever, as well as the group Blackpink as the first Asian headlining group. And I think it's... Uh, it's incredible because both of them, I'm not super familiar with Blackpink aside from the stuff that is on uh, the radio, like the the one or two songs, but they are a K-pop group, if I'm not mistaken. Um, let me Google that before I, uh, before I, before I uh, offend anybody, but I don't want to, yeah, they're from South Korea. So they're a K-pop group. And, and uh, it, it's, it is impressive to see this because you have Bad Bunny who, sings completely in Spanish, right? And and is the biggest artist in the world, which is impressive. But it's also equally impressive to see the rise of something like K-pop where a lot of these people are not singing in English, right? They're, they're, they're singing in their native tongue, yet they have a wild, rabid fan base here in the States. And as much negative shit we could talk about with, you know, feeling like we might be going backwards in different aspects of, of the world, especially in politics and things like that, I, I think that pop culture is also a really good kind of litmus test as to where maybe we are moving, hopefully, as, as a country, as a world in general, where uh, we are embracing people for the unique uh, vantage point that they bring, right? Instead of, of them having to conform to white American culture, uh, instead, white American culture is coming to them and embracing uh, them and seeing their value, essentially, at the end of the day as artists and, and you know, hopefully... We, 
we're starting to see this a little bit in Hollywood and things like that. But just seeing that, I, I mean, and I do hate to kind of be, always do these stupid things of like first Latin ever because it's just like it should have already happened. We're celebrating something that should have already happened. But um, when it comes to this, you know, obviously Coachella is a gigantic deal where you have really the top of the top are the people who are headlining Beyonce, people like that, The weekend. And to see Bad Bunny and, and Blackpink being on now considered on that same level is definitely a, a beautiful thing. No, yeah. And that is exciting to me because I'm all about like representation of just like the little kids. Because I know that mm-hmm. Coachella is open to families, right? Like there's little kids that go. Yeah, I don't I think, think there's right? an age limit on Coachella. Yeah, because I, I, they do like bottle rock here in California. And usually it's like it's all ages. But mm-hmm. point is like. Oh, now, Coachella is 18 plus. 18 oh, plus. 18 apparently. plus. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's still pretty is, young. Like now, the representation is just like you can see it and do, and believe like I can do it too, or yes. I'm not excluded, right? And I think that's yeah. the fun part. And and like you said too, of just like sometimes we feel like we're taking those ten steps back. Like, are we not moving forward? To mm-hmm. me, and mm-hmm. I learned this on a master class. I, I forgot who was teaching it, but he just talks about how like art. Art is like the one, like art and food is like what people could just bond over, right? Yeah. And then the example that he used, it was like some like, uh, he used it from some like movie and I think it was like an Italian dude and he was like talking really bad about black people. But then Mm -hmm. he was like, he was like, you're always talking about Prince. And he's like, yeah, but Prince is, Prince is Prince. And also like they try and exclude like these really amazing artists and people mm-hmm. from not being like black or not being whatever right. that you don't want, like, like, or whatever. And it's just like, at the end of the day, like music is some way that we can really connect. Like we might not have nothing in common, mm-hmm. but we might both just love one of bad bunny songs or one of these right. K- K-pop songs or whatever it is. So I really love that because again, like I'm really optimistic that these next few generations are going to be changing shit up and, Yep. That's how they're going to be changing up. They're going to be able to connect through art and connect through food and the things yes. that we can get along with. Like you could have like yeah. you could have people that hate, you know, mm-hmm. Latinos or Latinidad in whatever form. And then they love tacos or whatever, you know, right. like, that. Yeah, the irony, <laughs> the, the fucking irony of, of that. Yeah, uh, I, I think that's a great point, though, because I think it, music and food and even sports is is a great entryway. Uh, like a you know there's not a lot of pressure into it right into like diving into somebody else's culture and and i think that if people begun to sort of realize um you know how if you can connect in that way we probably can connect on far more levels than just that right and i think that's what people miss but that's why i always love giving like music examples or or you know because i I think it just is a universal language that i think shows you so much possibility um, if we just allow ourselves to get over a lot of the just societal norms and and you know, uh, man, the colonizer mindset that's also been instilled and created those norms, you know. Um, and, and to your point, I love the the idea of the next generation is like really speaking through things like this, right? Where they're they're showing that you know these are the artists that they're getting behind and that they're supporting, and that it doesn't matter if. They do or don't look like them. Like great art is great art, you know, and I can connect with anybody that is is creating something that I enjoy. It doesn't matter what they look like and I'll support it, you know, and I just think that is a, a really beautiful and profound thing. And it does give hope. It definitely it definitely does does begin to to give hope uh, when when people can kind of step outside of their own comfort zone and, and support uh, other cultures or communities that may not look like them. And then to your point, those of us who do look like them, 
it's incredible to to see the fact that we don't have to change ourselves to find success. I think that's the biggest thing. That's why I always talk about somebody like Bad Bunny so much because I think it is that great example that if he can do it, a kid from a, a very small town and a small island uh, in the middle of the Caribbean that didn't speak English, you know, if he could find this sort of success in his niche, in his field, there's no reason why you have to sit there and change who you are just to find some sort of success, you know, and that's the the beauty of an example like this one and and, and Coachella, uh, you know, I'm, I mean, they're making a ton of money off it. So I, I don't know if I say salute to Coachella for doing that, but uh, <laughs> it, it's not like those artists didn't don't, didn't deserve it with their following. Now, now moving on here, I want to I want to quickly touch on on your podcast, Toxica in Recovery. Anybody that's not familiar, I mean, what's kind of the, the gist of, of what you're doing? The gist of Toxica and Recovery is pretty much just personal development, like especially from a perspective of, of a Latina, because mm. I know a lot of people do not care for the term Toxica because it's it gets thrown around now like as a fun thing, like, oh, yeah, I'm a Toxica, I'm a Toxica. Right, right, right. But I dive deeper into that in just the sense that I believe that those toxic traits and states that we develop, they usually mm -hmm. come because of trauma and because of like generational cycles we've been on. So mm -hmm. Toxica and Recovery is just very much meant to like help you help yourself and discover like where are these toxic traits and states coming from right and like and accepting that they're going to be with us forever because mm -hmm. they might not fully go away your imposter syndrome it's because yeah. it's that like i call toxica like my inner chatter like that self-doubt the limiting beliefs like mm. all of that shit talking that goes on your head because it's right. everyone like i'm sure it's even to you like sure. you talk about it on your podcast all the time and so just because you're reaching these milestones don't mean that these thoughts just go blank and now you're like always perfect yeah. so Toxic on recovery is that it's the recovery of like, how do we accept that these thoughts are there and change mm -hmm. the ones that are really not serving us? And and then even use some of them that come up a lot to see like, OK, well, what is it that we need to change? What is it that? And I try not use the word fix because I'm like, we're not. It's not that we need to be fixed. It's just that we need to deal with our stuff and heal our stuff. And so that's what toxic on recovery is all about. Is getting that getting that recovery. <laughs> I, I love that because I love it from a couple of angles. I think first and foremost because of the the stereotype that exists of the quote unquote crazy Latin woman, right? And I think that to be able to, you know, um, have a vulnerable space where you can talk about your toxic traits or or your trauma and it not be used as something against you, but rather, you know, talking about it as a means to embracing it in, in the form of healing, I think is 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 a really positive thing. And at the same time, I think that, you know, there's a lot of talk of toxic masculinity and all of that is is a real thing. And men, you know, being shitheads and, and all of the uh, above when it comes to relationships and things like that. Um, and just like it's, I think, important for men to have those vulnerable conversations where they take accountability for that type of behavior. Um, I, I think it also is when you have kind of the stereotype of a relationship, uh, it is interesting to kind of hear a woman's perspective of saying like, yeah, maybe I'm also like contributing to the toxicness of this relationship. And it's not just like men who have, you know, whatever fuckboy tendencies, like women also have certain things that they may bring into the equation that's not healthy for a, a real relationship. Yeah, absolutely. And and yeah, that comes a lot because if you are having or experiencing like toxic traits that you just not having worked on or dealt with or like started yeah. to dig into, like no matter if you get the most 
perfect man, like the one that everybody says doesn't exist. Which, mm. You know, I think my husband is perfect. But like, <laughs> even if had he met me and he still met me, I think when I started like my healing journey. Sure. But like, if you're not dealing with your shit, you could meet the perfect person and it's still you're still going to take all that shit with them. And mm. if you really love them, that doesn't mm -hmm. mean that you want them to be tolerating and putting up with your shit. You know, mm -hmm. like that's messed mm -hmm. up. Because yeah. I know how heavy it could be with myself. Why would I want to go dump that on somebody that I love? Yeah. You know, so I think it's it's really important to do that that work yourself and know that it's it's an ever changing journey. Like I think you know I I have this thing that I want to make it to a hundred. Like I want to be a healthy centenarian. So sure. I'm like I'm sure even at like ninety nine, like I'll still yeah. be dealing with some shit. Like my kid or my grandkid or somebody right. might still you know. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's that's it. And and I had heard this thing about recovery programs like AA or something that they tell you from the get like I wish you a long recovery because mm. they say it'll be forever ongoing and so that's right. where the recovery part came from toxic and recovery because I was like it's gonna be a forever thing like I have no control over what may happen in my life what circumstances mm -hmm. I know that I know that life is not forever so I know I'm gonna lose loved ones at some point like mm -hmm. and and sometimes if you don't have the tools to handle life's up and downs like yeah a death of a loved one is one of the things that really like spirals people to just lose it. Right. Like mm -hmm. to, to go through these things. So I just, I know that it's going to be forever ongoing. And I know that, yes, like as funny as sometimes memes might be or whatever about Toxica, yeah. like it's kind of sad when you dig deep down to figure out what it is, like why you're right. doing this crazy shit. Um, mm -hmm. But I also just want to give it out there to women. I know specifically, like I, I, tend to speak to like millennial latinas but dudes could listen to anyone sure. else i for the most part i put like prompts or questions for people to ask themselves and like mm -hmm. and i'm like you're not going to get better if you don't actually write these questions down and answer right. them or like give yourself the time to reflect on them um but just know that you're not alone for sure like i think that was my big thing because for a long time you feel like you feel like you're crazy. Like, am I the only one doing this? Am I the only right. one that just fucking broke somebody's phone or like just right. whatever it was, right? Like, yeah. and so it's, no, you're not alone. And more than likely that has come from like something that you learned or, or some mm -hmm. kind of self-defense wall that you build up. So how do we embrace that? Yeah. And then just move forward and and try and heal. And because like, I, again, I keep saying like those future mm -hmm. generations are watching us. Like they're yeah. watching us, you know, like, mm -hmm. Yesterday, I told my two-year-old, I was on an important call, and she kept like, mom, 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 and I was like, shush. Yeah. Yeah. And then afterwards, she was like, mama, don't shush me. And I was like, <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. I won't shush you. And it's like, they're watching. Yeah. Even right. at two years old, they're watching. So yeah. that's what Toxic Gun Recovery is all about, because yeah. I'm not I'm not trying to have three generations forward still going through the same shit right. that you know, <laughs> me and my family have gone through. Yeah, I don't think my mom would have apologized if I told her not to shush me. Uh, <laughs> so that that's a beautiful, a beautiful side of growth, uh, man. So last thing, real quick, uh, looking forward into twenty twenty three. Do you have an overarching kind of vision for your year that you're hoping for? Yeah, my overarching <laughs> vision for twenty twenty three is to like expand the amount of people that I am um, able to reach, like on a vocal level even through this mm -hmm. podcast and just really inspire and uplift them because sometimes like you just have like life is kicking you down and it's yeah. just like one shit after another after another so sometimes you just need that little bit of inspiration and yes the inspiration is not going to solve anything but it's going to give you that little bit of energy to just fucking stand back up 
to get mm-hmm. out of the bed, to shower, to brush your teeth, whatever it is, because right. sometimes it's really that hard. Like it's really yeah. hard to even get out of bed. Um, and then just uplift. Like again, I I want to uplift my communities. And when I say my communities, I'm not only meaning like a millennial or Latina, but also like I said, I come from the hood. So sometimes mm-hmm. we don't have the resources to know certain things. Um, and just and a huge thing that I do too is like college no not having a college degree like i consider mm-hmm. that my community too because for so long and even sometimes now my toxica little thoughts come in of just like you can't you can't help someone like you don't even mm. have a degree how are you gonna mm. help someone but even like back to like what we talked about at the beginning where this guy faked his credentials right. where he went to school <laughs> or where he would yeah. so i'm like here i am you know, like thinking I can't help someone because I don't have the degree, but there's someone who really doesn't have the degree and right. they're fucking faking it and making all these people believe these things. So if I yeah. could, without a degree, make people believe in themselves and that yeah. they can do the things, like, why not? So yeah. that's my vision of like being able to spread my message further to help uplift my community so that they can really just start trying to live what I call like their daydream life, which like it doesn't have to be necessarily a millionaire maybe mm-hmm. at some point it is but to me like my daydream life was being able to be with my kids see my husband every day spend some time together so it doesn't have to be this huge fucking thing right you know but just knowing that you can have the dream that you uh the daydreams that you have the shit that you think about when you're at work and you're like oh right right you right, know right. like that <laughs> no i love that that's a that's so beautiful all right so toxic iron recovery they can find it anywhere they find podcasts uh where can people follow you and, and keep up with what you're doing yeah, um, I'm on Instagram. That's probably the only place you'll find me because I haven't really delved into anything else. But you can find sure. me on Instagram at J Life Coaching. And then I have my website. That's Um, There's links in my bio on Instagram for people that want to work with me one-on-one because I mm. just started taking on one-on-one clients for life coaching. And then for the people that are just not there yet, listen to the podcast and actually take the time to like reflect on those questions. I try and do like four yeah. on each episode so four little questions or prompts that you could just really think about and the feedback that i've gotten it is helping it's it's mm-hmm. helping so many of us have there's so much shit to work through and it doesn't have to be huge like actually i i tell you don't try and take the big step don't try and change all that once take mm-hmm. the little baby mm-hmm. step answer one question today one question tomorrow you know so that's where you guys can find me <laughs> i love it well listen uh, i appreciate you hopping on the show uh, we got a lot of cool things in the works behind the scenes as well. So I'm excited for all that stuff. And uh, man, we'll, we'll we'll talk soon. All right. Thank you so much for this drumos. Man, big shout out to my guest this week, Brenda Juarez, a.k.a. Bren J. Always appreciate her perspective. She's been a day one listener. I love what she's been doing. Her podcast, the life coaching stuff, uh, really dope. So make sure you go check her out. Give her a follow. Go check out her website. Try and schedule some life coaching. I know. We all need that. I've been enjoying having a life coach uh, this year. That was, I guess I I started at the end of last year, but it's been really, really helpful for me. So I definitely highly suggest looking into that. And man, with that said, let's uh, get y'all's take on one of these topics for our Ask a Gringo segment. But first, let's take a quick break and then we'll be right back. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. 
With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. As an actor, a producer, and a proud Latino father, my days can get very busy, which is why I make sure to dedicate time to what's important, like supporting my community through my work, sharing my Colombian and Venezuelan culture, and being present for my family, which is everything to me. Hey everyone, it's Wilmer Valderrama, and we're reflecting on what matters most. I start by giving thanks for good support in my life whenever I need to make the big decisions. How about you? If it's insurance you need, State Farm is there to help you choose the right coverage for you. And State Farm offers great support 24-7. Just call an agent. State Farm is also a big supporter of My Cultura Podcast Network by helping to share our Latinx voices. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Listen to new episodes of your favorite My Cultura shows wherever you get your podcast. Tengo diabetes. Yo, asma. Estamos en riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocócica. 19 años o más con afecciones crónicas como asma, diabetes, EPOC o enfermedad cardíaca o tienes 65 años o más, estás en mayor riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocócica. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico sobre Prevnar 20, una vacuna de Pfizer que puede ayudar a proteger contra la neumonía neumocócica con una sola dosis. Aunque te hayas vacunado previamente con otras vacunas contra la neumonía, Prevnar 20 puede ayudar a proveer protección adicional. Prevnar 20 está aprobada para adultos para ayudar a prevenir infecciones de 20 cepas de la bacteria que causa la neumonía neumucósica. La aprobación continua puede depender de un estudio de apoyo. No uses Prevnar 20 si has tenido una reacción alérgica grave a la vacuna o a sus componentes. Los adultos con sistemas inmunitarios debilitados pueden tener una respuesta reducida a la vacuna. Los efectos secundarios incluyen dolor e hinchazón en el área de la inyección, fatiga, dolor de cabeza, dolor muscular y en las coyunturas. Para obtener la información para la prescripción completa, llama al 1-855-213-2138 o visita Prevnar20 en español.com. All right, so my question for today's Ask a Gringo segment is based off of Bad Bunny throwing a fan's phone. So I want to get y'all's take, hear what you think about it. Everybody's given a lot of different hot takes. They got uh, all kinds of opinions on this. So I'm going to read a few because we're getting a little bit long in the episode. So at Def Not Ant says, Life is about making memories, and that lady has a memory that will last forever. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah, that is, that is true. That is true. We're laughing at this at this person's expense. Um, yeah, I, listen, I feel bad that somebody lost a phone. They're not cheap to, uh, you know, to come by by any means, but I think it is a, a lesson in treating people like human beings. Um, and as much as I don't think he should have tossed her phone in the water, uh, he probably could have just said something, you know, listen, everything you do has consequences and uh, celebrities are people just like us. They get annoyed. They don't want you to disrespect them. Uh, and this whole idea that we think we can just throw phones in people's faces and they're supposed to like perform for us, I think is a bit ridiculous. At a Bjork says, hey, all that money for security just to open yourself up to a property damage claim. Shaking my head. And that was. That's actually very true because I was thinking to myself, the man is surrounded by security, but somehow this girl just gets in there in between all of them and is filming while they're walking. Um, yeah, I don't know where he got his security from, but they, they definitely did not earn their check that day. Because, uh, I mean, listen, God forbid, first of all, but also what makes this worse is you don't know what somebody's intentions are, right? They could be trying to hurt him 
or whatever, and you're going to be that lax and, and, and lackadaisical about somebody approaching him, I, I think is definitely uh, security has to hold some sort of blame as well. And uh, granted, he spent all that on it, and, and, but he's got the money. He, he can handle a little damage claim. Let's see. Last one here at Nicolosa underscore Vega says, I mean, it was a dick move, pero like it's bad bunny, lol. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that that's kind of like I feel like that kind of sums up how I'm feeling. Like, yeah, it was kind of dickish. I get it, but it was still dickish. And at the end of the day, it is bad bunny. Like the man has kept his nose clean thus far. This is the first controversy, like negative controversy. I feel like that we've really seen from him. Um, and I'm sure, you know, he. Was it being his his best version of himself? But again, I think it is a lack of respect just to be throwing phones in people's faces and expecting something from them without asking first and, and making sure that they're okay with what you're doing. And it is Bad Bunny. We love Bad Bunny. We stand for Bad Bunny. Uh, man, with that said, thank y'all so much for participating in this week's Ask a Gringo segment at DJ Dramos on Instagram if you want to be part of the show. And with that said, man, let's wrap everything we talked about today in a neat little bow in a segment we call Conclusion Stew. Time for Conclusion Stew. All right, so I already kind of went in on the Bad Bunny situation and nauseam at this point. Again, people are human beings. They have to be treated as such and, and with respect. And you can't just be throwing phones in front of people's faces for your own clout and expect them to perform for you, right? Like, treat them as a human being. Show some respect. Again, I don't think he should have been throwing somebody's phone in the water like that. But, um, you know, everything does have consequences. Let's talk about the Republicans. Kevin McCarthy, 15 votes to elect him to the House. You had Republicans holding out just for what seemed like so they can get better positions uh, and, and kind of use their their uh, limited numbers to strong arm Kevin McCarthy into giving them positions. A lot of these people were like the radical MAGA crowd, Matt Gaetz, uh, you know, the uh, um, from from Colorado, whose name is uh, is escaping me for for good reason, probably. I mean, these crazy people. Anyway, it, it's just scary to me the game that these people are making public office at this point, right? They're not there to serve the American people. If they were, they wouldn't be doing you know stupid moves like this. They would get it over with and and not waste people's time and and get to work on improving the things they claim they want to do uh, when they're they're running for office. But it's not about that. It's about power. It is about undying loyalty to this cult and and it's our tax dollars that are paying for it and, and sadly our livelihood that is at stake. When it comes to President Biden, he is uh, expanding Trump's Title 42. Now, granted, his hands are tied. Uh, he tried to upend it. The Supreme Court blocked it. Um, you know, so he's claiming that this will eventually help expand legal migration. We'll see what happens. I think that was a, a, a great kind of point from from Brenda is instead of just telling us what you're going to do, you know, uh, as far as making empty promises, you know, make specific guidelines as far as what your plan is. I think this idea that it takes somebody a decade to become an American citizen is absolutely ridiculous. And, you know, uh, if, if we would figure something else around that to make it easier, because we know they can, they've done it before for, uh, you know, Cuban migrants who were escaping Castro, uh, fast track them to citizenship for a year. We know it can be done. I think that that would begin to help a lot of the issues that we're we're seeing in this country. And and again, to her point, people aren't just coming here because they feel like on a whim going to the United States, like they're trying to escape something dire and they need help, uh, you know, and, and we are a country of immigrants. So we're supposed to be the place that people can can go to. That has been where we what we've been historically. Right. And of course, when it's people of color, when it's brown people, we all of a sudden, I don't know, I don't know if we could 
do this. And that's where the fuckery comes into place. And Democrats or Republicans both have been atrocious on immigration policies. So hopefully Biden addresses that. And on some positive news, man, for our Mijente segment, uh, love seeing the diversity as far as like the headliners go with Coachella, Bad Bunny being one of the headliners, Blackpink being one of the headliners. Uh, I think it's incredible. And again, music to me is that analogy that brings us all together and shows me the possibility of a world where we, uh, you know, don't have to get obsessed with the colonial poison of of superiority and white supremacy and, and recognize that these are artists that oftentimes are speaking and singing in their native tongue, yet are making music that is so good that it becomes universal and can be enjoyed by anybody. And I think that's how we all have to look at each other's culture and each other's communities and embrace diverse stories uh, and, and, you know, interactions that we have with people, seeing them as human and, and having something to offer. And I think music is that beautiful, beautiful kind of gateway, that entry point for, for that conversation. And with that said, thank you all so much for tuning into today's episode. I'll catch you all on Tuesday with a brand new one. Again, if you haven't checked out The Street Stoic, please check out my new podcast, daily podcast, short, like 10 to 15 minutes. You're just daily shot of inspiration, hip hop lyrics and quotes. Combining that with ancient Stoic philosophy to inspire you Monday through Friday, a brand new episode to start your day with the Street Stoic Podcast. Check that out wherever you find podcasts and like it, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. We're trying to build this bad boy up. Now, that's it. Enough promotion. Have an amazing weekend. And I'll talk to you all on Tuesday with a brand new episode. So then stay safe. Peace. Life as a Gringo is a production of iHeart's My Cultura Podcast Network. 19 años o más con afecciones crónicas como asma, diabetes, EPOC o enfermedad cardíaca o tienes 65 años o más, estás en mayor riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocósica. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico sobre Prevnar 20, una vacuna de Pfizer que puede ayudar a proteger contra la neumonía neumocósica con una sola dosis. Aunque te hayas vacunado previamente con otras vacunas contra la neumonía, Prevnar 20 puede ayudar a proveer protección adicional. Prevnar 20 está aprobada para adultos para ayudar a prevenir infecciones de 20 cepas de la bacteria que causa la neumonía neumocósica. La aprobación continua puede depender de un estudio de apoyo. No uses Prevnar 20 si has tenido una reacción alérgica grave a la vacuna o a sus componentes. Los adultos con sistemas inmunitarios debilitados pueden tener una respuesta reducida a la vacuna. Los efectos secundarios incluyen dolor e hinchazón en el área de la inyección, fatiga, dolor de cabeza, dolor muscular y en las coyunturas. Para obtener la información para la prescripción completa, llama al 1-855-213-2138 o visita prevnar 20 españolcom Professional Wrestling Like real life, is full of surprises. Hi, everyone. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. And it's no surprise I can talk wrestling all day, any day. Kind of like how State Farm agents can talk insurance and help you choose the right coverage. When it comes to important insurance decisions, let State Farm support you with the coverage you need backed with 24-7 support. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.